Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you have a Miller Lite in hand, grilling doesn't just taste great. It tastes like Miller time. This past weekend for Mother's Day, I'm treating my wife while grilling. I'm treating myself with a Miller Lite. Miller Lite, it just tastes right. Whether it's barbecue season or just celebrating a regular day with burgers and dogs, with a Miller Lite in hand, grilling doesn't just taste great. It, it tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com Patrick. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells great beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. What's the poll question we're going to settle on first hour, Seaton? we got a couple of them up there right now, Dan. Okay. Uh, the official first day of fall is uh, 62% have September 23rd. They're wrong. Mm. Uh, rules about what time of year you can wear clothes, a la white pants after Labor Day. Stupid or standard? Uh, right now, 86% of the audience have that as stupid. Okay. Yeah, how about that? Okay. All right, we'll try to come up with a, maybe a sports-related poll question coming up in hour two. Um, you know what? We actually have one of those two, Dan. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. If you could only watch one this fall slash winter, college football or the NFL, right now 75% of the audience say the NFL. Okay. Yeah, Paul. I, I, we, I think we've done this every couple we of have. years. We, yeah. Every year. We have. It, it's fascinating, though, because I, I think college football has m- more fans, but it, it, it's kind of more confusing to watch because games are all over the place. The NFL is more streamlined and organized. But, but would you say that your college football fan is an NFL fan, but NFL fans aren't necessarily college football fans? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Some people don't have a college football team. They went to a small school or whatever it may be. You know, like in New York City, you don't find a lot of college football bars. Well, you got Rutgers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, got Rutgers. Right over the river. Yeah, got to have Rutgers in there. I, don't know. I, I think I, would, I, I could pass on the NFL and watch college football. I don't think I could do the other way around. Oh, okay. And and it's like it's like one one a. I love the NFL, but college football to me is is kind of my lifeblood. But do we complain about college football that we sort of know the ending of college football? Yeah. Because if I said the NFL this year, how many teams have a legitimate chance to go to the Super Bowl? And if I asked the same question with college football, how many teams have a legitimate chance to go to the national title game? And there's 32 NFL teams. I think there's a 125 Division One football yeah. teams. Yes. But it feels like we know the ending of college football. If I said, hey, Georgia's not in the national title game, you would be shocked. That would be surprising. Yes. If I said Alabama is not in the final four, you'd be shocked. Um, you want to put Michigan in there, Ohio State in there? That's the four right there, right? Yeah. I mean, that's basically the Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama, and then you start throwing in uh, LSU. Or Clemson, or Clemson, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like. It's the same schools, but nobody complains about college football 
and the lack of parity. Yes, Eden. And that's the thing that would drive me nuts about the NIL discussions. They're like, hey, this is just going to make the rich richer. I mean, the the game is just going to be the big schools are going to get all the players now. They already do. It's already the same like five to seven teams that dominate college football every year, and everybody else is like, ah, good season. Yeah, I think we thought, oh, other schools are going to have money. They're going to be able to compete with Alabama and Georgia. But Alabama and Georgia have been dominating before NIL, and they're going to continue to dominate after NIL. But we do know sort of the ending. Now, you can say, well, you watch uh, Mission Impossible. You know Tom Cruise isn't going to die. You don't know how he's not going to die, or Born Identity, or some of these other shows where franchises where you go, yeah, I know kind of what's going to happen here at the very end. And college football is sort of formulaic here. Yeah, but like scripted movies and series, it's completely different than, I mean, unless college football is just as scripted as what does, the Born Identity, but. It does feel scripted. I mean, we don't know uh, how it ends from the standpoint of does Georgia win the national title. We got a pretty good idea Georgia will play for the national title or be in the Final Four. So you do have a different script that's written each year, but it sort of has the star surviving, you know, to do another movie. Yeah, Pauline. Yeah, if you were betting on the script for college football this year, you'd bet two SEC teams make the Final Four, a Big Ten team makes the Final Four, and then a wild card. The wild card could be a Cincinnati, a TCU, or a Clemson, or a Notre Dame, or that's kind of it. I mean, there's a couple more I'm leaving out, but there's probably 14 teams for four spots, 15 teams for four spots. Well, there's there's usually one story each year where you go Cincinnati, or you go TCU, uh, Boise State back in the day, that you're, you, you'll have an outlier. But when you get to 12 uh, schools, does that bring parity? Does that make it more interesting, or just it's going to take a little bit longer for Georgia or Alabama to win the national title? Yeah, Marv. I think the beauty about football is all you have to do is play well one time. And I think it's going to be one of those games where Georgia may not have it that day just for that one game, and they lose to mm-hmm. a TCU in a semifinal. Yeah, but what are we going to say? But their one-loss team is better than an undefeated TCU team. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Hey, look. They're going to do everything within their power. Two, three losses for Alabama or Georgia. Like, even when Alabama didn't make the playoff, they were like, well, shouldn't they be yeah, in? No. Yeah, yeah, Paul. But let's say hypothetically last year there were a 12-team playoff. USC gets in with three wins. and who Three losses. Oh, sorry, yeah, three losses. Sorry. And who wouldn't love to see Caleb Williams in round one versus... Alabama or Ohio State. Oh, I, I would, yeah, but, but do are we just delaying the inevitable? With college football, it feels like we know, we have a pretty good idea. Yeah. Right? If you said Georgia or the field right now, I, I think Georgia would win that one. Yes, Eden. I don't think you're delaying the inevitable necessarily, but you are chipping away at how much the regular season means. That's the problem with playoffs. It makes the, the uh, all of a sudden USC can lose three games and it's like, ah, don't worry about it, we're still in. Well, the regular season's still important. But it's not as important. Well, it's not going to be when you get to 12 schools. Right, that's right? what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but if, we're if, not if, there. If a three-loss USC team now can make it into a 12-team playoff, then those three losses aren't that big of a deal. But four, you better be careful. Depends on what yeah. conference you're in, I think, as we move forward. If you're losing three in the SEC or you're losing three in the Pac-12, although the Pac-12 is not going to be around. Yes, Todd. 
I agree with that. All right, thank you. That yep. sums that up. I appreciate that. Nice rebuttal to my... Man, but if you just look back, you have... It's like, what, uh, Georgia, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, LSU, Clemson, Clemson, Alabama, Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Alabama, Alabama, Clemson, you know? It's yeah. Like, so we got a pretty good idea. Did L- NIL did that? No. That, oh. No. No. If NIL uh, meant you were going to be successful, then Texas A&M would have been there for the uh, national championship, right? <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. Jimbo, he he recruits those guys. Nothing to see here. No, no. Yes, Marv. <laughs> this feels like WrestleMania. Like, no matter what, Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, Hulk Hogan, King Kong Bundy, Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior. Like, you know, Hulk Hogan's going to be in there, but there could be a different team, but yeah. you know Hulk Hogan's going to be there. Yes, Todd? I tend to agree with Marvin, what he said earlier about in just one game, you underestimate your opponent instead of just immediately getting right to the Final Four. You know, we may not love it and say that team, they just had an off day. They still deserve to be playing for the national championship. But I'm excited, like the, uh, like the tournament, to see if uh, someone can upset somebody. What did you mean by that? What I mean by that is we're complaining about how it's the same five, six, eight teams, and they just, they just go right to uh, the final four of the national championship. By adding these teams and having a 12-team playoff, it's going to be, ultimately it's going to happen where not a 16 beating a one necessarily like in the college basketball tournament, but there will be upsets, and one of those teams that we thought were going to play for yeah. the national championship is going to get knocked out by an above-average team. No, see, I don't, I don't see it happening because if you have uh, games you're going to be holding on Alabama's campus or Georgia's campus, first-round matchups, or you get a first-round bye, second-round matchup, and then you go into a bowl game, you're going to have to beat Georgia or Alabama at Georgia or Alabama, and I don't see that happening. Neutral site, then you might get a surprise. Yes, Eaton. So we're looking forward to a ninth-ranked Clemson knocking off a fourth-ranked Alabama. Yeah. Sounds like exactly the same scenario <laughs> we've just been talking about. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's not like uh, you know Middlesex Community College all of a sudden. It's like, oh, my God, but, they made it! But nobody, nobody has a problem with you know, college football is as predictable as any sport we have. Right? The Texas Longhorns have knocked off the Michigan Wolverines. Two powerhouses. But like Connecticut basketball last year. Nobody thought Connecticut at the beginning of the year, and then at the end of the year, nobody was better than them. But it's nobody predicted that. With football, it's predictable. But people don't seem to have a real problem with it. It's like we just enjoy week in and week out college football. Then you get to the playoffs and you go, oh, okay, let me watch Alabama and Georgia and LSU, Clemson. Ohio State and Michigan. Yes, Eden. Well, that's why it really stands out to me because it's people are so upset with the conference realignment, which I get. I totally get it. And they're like, they're destroying college, <laughs> the sanctity of college football. It's like it's already been. It's so top-heavy. There is no parity. There is no real. Because if this was the NFL with college football, they would change your schedule each year. Because if you're really good one year, they make it tougher on you the next year. And if you're really bad, they try to help you with your schedule. They don't do that with college football. If you win the Super Bowl, you get a worse draft pick. If you win the national championship, you get the best draft picks. Every single one of the best ones. Yes, Paulie. Could you have, uh, this would never happen, but could you have parity in college football? Let's say you finish in the top ten, you finish number one. You actually lose scholarships for next year. So you have fewer scholarship players, fewer scholarship to offers, and the teams that are worse get more. It will never happen, but that would be the only way to induce parity, I think. Yeah, but I, I don't care about, you know, making sure we have parity. You know, these other schools can spend money. Like, did Georgia and Alabama the only ones that spend money with NIL? And weren't they great before NIL? Well, there's other NIL. 
<laughs> B-A-G. That was O-N-I-L. The, the bag. Yeah. Yeah, the bag. But other schools have been paying players. You know. By the way, uh, Nick Saban is in midseason form. And uh, he entered his press conference this way yesterday. I think everybody wants to do well. Everybody would like to be successful. Everybody's not willing to do the things you need to do to be successful. You know, we had one speaker come here and showed the biggest tiger, biggest tiger I've ever seen. Took up the whole screen. And he said, everybody wants to be the beast. But everybody don't want to do what the beast do. So, if you want to be the beast, you got to do what the beast do. <laughs> he walked. That's not a walk-off. I'm sorry. He grabbed the Diet Coke and bolted. I know. Oh, you want to be the beast and be, be the beast. And then that's it. I, I would love to hear him fired up once. Or Belichick fired up. Because it would be so odd to hear that. Because they both, they're, you know, best friends and they sound the same. It's, uh, you know, somebody brought one of the biggest tigers I've ever seen. Took up the whole screen. And uh, you got to decide. Do you want to be the beast or be eaten by the beast? You guys are so concerned about our All depth right. chart. Right. Why, do you, why, do you, why do we have to talk about the depth chart? Uh, Mac Jones is my starting quarterback. I don't, I don't, they don't need another quarterback. He's that good. Uh, next question. All of a sudden, you guys think we got some kind of system on how we rank our players. Yes, it's called a depth chart, dude. It's literally what it is. <laughs> yes. It's like the media is trying to do their job. Is it really that big a deal? Like these kids have been ranked all their lives. Right? Growing up, you get into high school, you're ranked. So now you have a depth chart. And unless he doesn't know who his quarterback is. Yes, Todd. And then that can be your story, the fact that there's a lack of a depth chart. <laughs> then if you're a columnist or writer, write all about how he's uncertain with some of the positions, including QB. You only care about the quarterback. Whenever somebody says depth chart, it's always about the quarterback. They don't go, you know, who's the backup tight end? Who's that third string outside linebacker? It's the quarterback. That's it. And maybe Nick is trying to protect these quarterbacks there, I'm guessing. But it's okay. <laughs> oh, man. I hope I don't become that irascible when, when I'm that old. I think it's natural. It is? It, oh, well, yeah. You don't – time is time's a commodity. And Nick Saban and Bill Belichick look at time with the media as time away from coaching. That's 15 minutes I didn't coach my team. I believe from a – that's the standpoint. They're like, this is a waste of my time. I'm not giving you anything. You know I'm not giving you anything. But I have to do it because of conference rules. I have to do it because of league rules. Yes, Tom. And not only is it a waste of time, they're probably feeling you're going to take something out of context. You're going to play with my words. There's nothing positive. Nothing can be gained by me in talking to you guys. Only something negative can come of it. Yeah. Yes, Marvin. Well, they're playing Middle T Tennessee State, so they have plenty of time to figure it out. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR, or stream us live on the Peacock app.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on, or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS, all in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. We'll get to more phone calls coming up. Uh, look who's a host. Super Bowl champ, ESPN NFL analyst Ryan Clark, just been named the new host of Inside the NFL. No longer an analyst. He's a host. All right. So uh, there's a little bit different approach to that that you're used to. Yeah. Asking, uh, being asked questions, now you have to ask questions. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I have a podcast called The Pivot, and we've had an opportunity to, you know, sit down with everyone from Mike Tomlin to The Rock to, to Kevin Hart, all of these young athletes who are doing amazing things. And so I've gotten some of those reps, but what's exciting about the challenge is actually quarterbacking an entire show, you know, whether it's been having opportunities to, watch you do it or sitting with Laura Rutledge, Mike Greenberg, Scott Van Pelt. I've always been fascinated with that part of the business. And I think even more than anything, it's being an analyst, being looked at in that box for so long throughout my career and now having an opportunity to do something different. Um, I'm excited about that. So uh, the analyst, you got Channing Crowder, Jake Cutler, mm-hmm. Chad Ochocinco, and Chris Long. Yep. Do you have an issue with any of these guys when you played? Uh, I don't think anybody ever liked Jay. So I don't really know if that's a specific question for me. It's freaking Jay Cutler. Wait, why, Jay Cutler well, no, did. why Why is it nobody <laughs> likes Jay Cutler? You know, Jay Cutler had this, uh, you know, I know you just talked about your podcast that you had to cut up. So let me choose my words wisely. Jay Cutler just had this effort demeanor. It was about whatever team he was playing on and no one else. And I think that's always different for a quarterback because a lot of times quarterbacks try to get along with the other teams and quarterbacks don't really talk a lot of trash or have certain personas because they know they're the hunted inside the pocket and Jay didn't care about that. And so when you ran up on a quarterback who had a sort of defensive demeanor about himself, this me against the world thing, it's kind of off-putting and you want to go at that dude. You want to get at him. 
And the way that he answered questions, sort of this quiet arrogance he had, I don't think it was something that many of us defensive players love. And so we've had rehearsal already, and I was very aware of that. I, I, I felt that feeling. But once he sat down, man, started to spit his knowledge, tell his stories from his perspective, you know, you just saw how good he could be at the job. And it's good to have somebody on the panel who has sort of that demeanor to bring that side to the show. But how many quarterbacks did you encounter who had that attitude that if you, you know, came up on them, they were going to, they were going to say something back. They were going to engage with you. Jay Cutler is not the only guy to do that. Well, Philip Rivers did it, but Philip Rivers did it in an entirely different way. You know, we're talking about a man with 27 kids, right, Dan? So you're, so you're going to need to let some things out when you get on the football field. But Phil was the guy that talked. Tom was always super cool. Peyton Manning, always extremely nice. Like, those dudes just wanted to go out and beat the brakes off you when it came to the field, but they weren't the type to talk. They weren't the type that, that came at you. Jay, Jay Cutler actually ran over a teammate of mine when he played for Chicago, a guy named Robert Golden, and we never let him live it down. And it was so funny. I brought it up to Jay when I saw him. He was like, man, you know, now looking back on it, I actually feel bad. He's like, I know what it is for a, a DB to get ran over by a quarterback. But nah, Jay's super cool, man. I'm excited to work with him. Uh, Ocho is always Ocho. He already tried to buy the entire crew McDonald's the last time uh, – that we were together, Channing's going to say whatever. And, I mean, Chris just has a legacy and a lineage in this league, both on the field and off, that we're excited to tap into as well. Talking to Ryan Clark, the new host of Inside the NFL, makes its CW debut next Tuesday at 8 Eastern. And uh, they'll have some uh, NFL films, mic'd up sounds from the game included in that. All right, let's go around the league. A couple of things here. Joe Burrow, why no contract? You know, I don't really know. Uh, Cincinnati has kind of been notoriously frugal, if we're going to use uh, that word. But it can't be because of the calf injury. All he's done is one, went healthy in this league, a Super Bowl, an AFC championship the last two years. So it, it's really a confusing thing. But you have to look at Joe Burrow also has the same agent as Nick Bosa, right? Both of these men deserving of new contracts. Neither of those men having new contracts. So you don't know if there's something going on there where they just can't figure out a monetary value that makes sense to both team and player. Yeah, you know, people didn't get caught up in Chris Jones and Bosa holding out. They were caught up in the running back story, like all the poor running backs. Now, not that Bosa and Jones aren't going to get paid and they're going to get paid a whole lot more, but when you think of the success of the Kansas City Chiefs, I can think Andy Reid... Patrick Mahomes, or Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid. And then I probably go to Chris Jones. I, I know Kelsey's spectacular, but on the defensive side of the ball, Chris Jones is really, really, and aside from Aaron Donald, is probably the best defensive tackle, second best defensive tackle in the game. Is he going to get paid by Kansas City? Yeah, I believe he'll get paid by Kansas City, but we all know what happens, right? Chris Jones, even though we are saying he's the second best tackle and I think that's widely agreed to. Chris Jones thinks he's the best tackle, right? Like these dudes don't sit around in the house and like, man, I'm really good. But that Aaron Donald is just a little bit better. Than Do you me. think Chris Jones thinks he's better than Aaron Donald? 100%. Okay. And if, and, and if he does it, if he does it, then he's not the person and player I think he is. Now, there was the time 
where that was unquestionably Aaron Donald. And you couldn't say that. But this is the Chris Jones that led his defense to a Super Bowl. This is the Chris Jones that is important to his team's defense as the best quarterback in the world, Patrick Mahomes, is important to their offense. And when you carry a team the way that he did up front for the Kansas City Chiefs, he, I bet this day he's not asking to be paid less than Aaron Donald. He's not just accepting that he should be paid less than Aaron Donald. And he's going to be in search of that money, which he should. And you're right. The focus is not on the Chris Jones and the Nick Bosa holdouts because we've seen so many pass rushers get paid already. The reason it was a running back thing is because it was a group of them that we considered elite that weren't able to come to terms on long-term contracts with their current teams. When do you make your Super Bowl pick? Well, I hate making it before the season, right? And, and you know this. You're, you're in the business. It's good conversation. It's conversation you need when games aren't being played. But, hell, I don't know. Like, I can be honest with you. You know, Dan, like, if you look at it, you say the Philadelphia Eagles are primed in the NFC. We've seen the best quarterbacks either go to the Jets or retire. And now Jalen Hurts sits along at the top. You look at what they did defensively, especially in the draft with a guy like Jalen Carter earlier. You say, okay, you can replace some of those people that left. Philadelphia should be in it. Nobody ever wants to bet against the Kansas City Chiefs. But here's my Ryan Clark kind of, I guess, off-the-wall picks. I would think the Baltimore Ravens and the Dallas Cowboys. Those would be my teams if we're going to step away from what we always believe, from thinking that seasons just carry over. I believe that both of those teams, if if they play to the top of their potential, should be in the AFC and NFC Championship and could very well be in the Super Bowl. Why... Is Dak Prescott a lightning rod? If Dak Prescott played on another team, would he get anywhere near this attention? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Dak Prescott, I don't think Dak Prescott's play calls for this attention, either negatively or positively. Uh, I don't think Dak Prescott's personality calls for this sort of attention, either negatively or positively. But he plays for the Dallas Cowboys. He plays for a team that when their quarterback struggles a little bit the year before and their quarterback is working on a new contract or needs a new contract because his, his cap hit is $60 million, they go get a former first-round first, first round pick who was picked third overall. That puts you back into the conversation. And also think about, like, I'm smart enough now to know after complaining on Get Up every Monday morning and I don't want to talk about the Dallas Cowboys, they rate, apparently. And people listen and people care and they are America's team. And when all of those things go into those ingredients and you're the quarterback of that team and you can't get out of the the, the divisional round of the playoffs, people are going to talk about it. But help me understand this, and I I know the answer, but you go into a show, are you talking about the Cowboys because they weren't being talked about or because you know you're going to get clicks and therefore are you bypassing other stories that should be talked about or more important I think it depends on the show you're on. I think I think if a show is like is Monday morning video, with Get Up with a, with Green, yeah, I think yeah. Sometimes you do pass it up. I think sometimes you do pass up some stories that you personally would want to talk about as a as a football analyst. Stories that you personally are tapped into or you find extremely interesting. And you know we've worked our way into talking about those stories in order to build viewerships about those teams in order to get those fan bases engage but I think Dallas is is always a story Dallas always finds a way 
to be relevant, but the fact that people want to see it makes it something that always moves to the top of the list as well. Yeah, we love to do is, uh, you know, Dak an elite quarterback, and uh, and I understand. Um, I don't play to the numbers. I don't have metrics here that say you got to hammer LeBron and Dallas. Mm. I mean, I and I understand it. When I was at ESPN, we always had to talk about Red Sox-Yankees, Duke basketball. Mm-hmm. Like, there was... Yeah, four or five things that you go. You got to check the box. How do we work this into the show? And it can be challenging when you know your instincts are, man. We should be talking about this wide receiver or this defensive, yeah. you know, front here, and we don't always do it. Would you have uh, rather faced Brady or Aaron Rodgers? Brady, Brady, and 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 the reason and the reason that's a great question to ask me is I say every day. Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback I ever played against. I think Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback in football history. Tom Brady was able to beat us with his mind, understand where we would be, whether it was because they had filmed our practices and they knew our signals, <laughs> or, or if it was just Tom Brady was that dang good. Um, Aaron Rodgers, though, when we were really good in 2010 defensively and we knew exactly where the ball would be going, we still couldn't beat him. He still made plays and threw footballs into places where they just weren't supposed to go in ways they weren't supposed to get there. And the Green Bay Packers fans, at least social media-wise, has this have this big thing with me because they think I hate Aaron Rodgers. It's actually the exact opposite. I love it. And there are plays that stick out in my mind in that Super Bowl and moments I shared with 12 where I was like, yeah, bro, like he's just that dude. And even in going to practice twice, this offseason in, in training camp with the New York Jets, he's still that dude. He can still do things with the football that we haven't seen normal humans do, and I believe he's going to have a great year. But you knew what Brady was going to do, right? No. No, I mean, you, you knew where Brady was going to go with the football, but Brady was able to adjust that based on what we were doing. If you go back through – our games against Tom Brady, uh, I think it was, I think it was 2000, maybe 2010, 2011, I can't remember the year, but we played them in Pittsburgh and we had drafted these young defensive backs. They were long, they were fast, they were athletic. We changed everything we had ever done for one day. <laughs> we changed it all and we beat the brakes off of them. We, we physically abused them. We dominated their receivers and their tight ends. But it was the first time we didn't try to beat Tom Brady here. It was the first time we didn't try to beat Tom Brady at all. What we said were we were going to beat Rob Gronkowski. We were going to beat, may he rest in peace, Aaron Hernandez. We were going to beat the receivers. We weren't going to beat 12. And that's how we won the game. Every time we went into a game as who we were and did what we did the best we could, Tom Brady absolutely annihilated us because he knew where everything was coming and he knew what was going to be open based on what was coming. What do you have there, Paulie? I got the box score from that game, and uh, Ryan had nine tackles. It was uh, 25-17 Steelers. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you own Tom Brady at least for one day? No, we just rented. We leased him. That, we leased him. That's probably we gave him right back. He's we not. Gave, we gave him right back. He's not coming back, Ryan. You don't have to worry about it. No, no you don't have to worry about it. You owned Tom Brady one day. One day. Hey, no, 
that just makes me scared that now he's going to want to host inside the NFL <laughs> and take that job from me. So I'm just trying to be nice, Dan. <laughs> uh, well, good luck with this. Great to talk to you. Congratulations. Man, thank you so much. Have a great day. That's Ryan Clark of The Mothership. It'll be uh, inside the NFL. Makes its CW debut next Tuesday. Jay Cutler, nobody likes him. Channing Crowder, Chad Ochocinco, and uh, Chris Long. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Dynasty the king. king. What's good, y'all? It's your main man, Michael Smith, esteemed NFL analyst and certified fantasy football legend. Allow me to present to you your new favorite fantasy football podcast, The Dynasty Exchange, hosted by my first-round rookie picks, Davis, Dylan, and Josh, three guys who most definitely know their stuff. They're the co-commissioners of the coolest and most cutthroat dynasty league you'll ever come across, The Yacht Club. And now they're the co-hosts of the most elite. Now make that the definitive dynasty program in the game. It's dedicated to only the most devoted of diehards. The guys like me who can't stay off sleeper in KTC. And trust me, you won't regret making the choice to follow their dynasty advice. Listen to Michael Smith Presents The Dynasty Exchange on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app. Like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Big Ten football coming to NBC and Peacock, kicking things off West Virginia, Penn State, the premiere of Big Ten Saturday night coming up this Saturday night. Andy Staples covers college football for On Three Sports, our good buddy, back with us. Let's get the uh, conference moves, potential conference moves, realignment, ACC out of the way first. What is the latest as we head into week one of the season? Well, the ACC was supposed to have a conference call on Monday among its presidents to decide, well, further discuss potentially adding Stanford, Cal, and SMU. 
And that has been postponed because of what happened uh, in Chapel Hill. And so they have not rescheduled that yet. We're still waiting. I, I, this still makes no sense to me why they would add these guys it, it, from a practical sense, from a, I get the finances of it. Uh, SMU wants to take no money. Stanford and, and Cal are, are given a heavy discount. So you can use some of that money to, to make Florida State and Clemson happy, I guess. But they're still not going to be happy because they still won't make as much as SEC or Big Ten schools. So they're still probably going to try to leave. So it doesn't make much sense to me other than you're backfilling in case they do leave and you're making sure that ESPN can't cut what they pay you. That's that's all I can think to, that makes it make sense. But if Cal and Stanford and SMU don't join the ACC, then what? Then I I still think that if Cal and Stanford don't wind up in the ACC, there, there's a, a way for Cal, Stanford, Washington State, and Oregon State to use all of the you know trademarks, branding of the of the Pac-12, the NCAA tournament unions, which are worth real money that the Pac-12 is owed, and perhaps they merge with another conference, not take schools from another conference because then those schools would have to pay buyouts or, or exit fees, but merge with another conference, say the Mountain West, and use all the PAC branding. I mean, you could you could do that and become the PAC 16 and you'd have a conference mm. and there you go. And you let the, the Mountain West people run it because they're better at running a conference than the <laughs> Pac-12 people are. But that's something you could do. Or if you wanted, you could just hang as those four teams for a couple of years. You, you really could. They, they'll, let, they'll let them do that because of what's happened and then figure it out. It would be a hell of a three-game conference schedule. But, but can you still get an automatic berth if you win the Pac-12? Like what, what constitutes mm-hmm. the Pac-12, the language? That allows you to be an automatic qualifier. That would have to be determined by the college football playoff, by all the commissioners that run it. Now, for, for the basketball tournament, you'd need five. You'd have to figure out a way to add a fifth school to get to get an automatic bid into the into the basketball tournament. But uh, for the for the football one, my guess is they'd be like, we're not giving you an automatic bid if you only have four teams. How many teams can win the national title? Oh, I'd say there's probably about. Four or five. How many could I, go to the national title game? Well, that's a, that's a different question because we saw TCU do it last year. So it it, it kind of depends on on how you get matched up in that first semifinal. But uh, let's make the list right now. I'd say Georgia. I'd say Ohio State, Michigan. I actually think Penn State would be in that group of, of could go to the national title game because I think Penn State could potentially win the Big Ten this year. Um, mm. I think Alabama. I think Alabama could absolutely. We will see about the Big 12 teams. Texas is talented enough, but again, I need to see them win games they're supposed to win. Uh, if somebody were to come out of the, the Pac 12, 12 and one, whether that's USC, Washington, Oregon, then, then maybe you could see them doing it. But in terms of just straight up winning it, I, I think I'd probably limit it to Georgia, Alabama, Penn State, Michigan, maybe LSU, Ohio State. Uh, I had, yeah, I think okay. I did. I say Ohio State? I think I did. Yeah, they're certainly talented enough. Uh, the, the question is, I actually picked Penn State to make the playoff and Michigan and Ohio State to miss it. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. But I'm, you know, people have talked about old conference realignments ruining college football, NILs ruining, the transfer portals ruining. Wasn't college football already ruined from the standpoint of we, I mean, it's, it, it's almost formulaic. It feels like it's Alabama. It's mm-hmm. Georgia. It's Ohio State. 
You yep. throw Clemson in there. Sometimes you have an outlier there. But we sort of know what's going to happen at the end of the season, or at least we know that the schools. We know that Tom Cruise doesn't die in Mission Impossible, but we do know that his life is in peril a couple of times. It feels like that's what it is for college football. It, it is, and that's what I, I laugh about when all the people say, well, NIL is ruining. No, it's not. The rules they had before made college football the least competitive of all the major American sports. Yeah. Think about think about how hard it is to be less competitive <laughs> than Major League Baseball, given Major League Baseball's rules. So you've managed to do that. So the rules before were the problem. Like all this NIL stuff that people say is ruining college football, the number one defensive line prospect in America just committed to Missouri because of NIL. He's not going to Missouri if there's no NIL. <laughs> if I gave you – okay – you could have Caleb Williams or the field for the Heisman or Georgia versus the field for the national title. So I take the field for the Heisman and Georgia for the national title. Uh, and the, the only reason I'm taking the field for the Heisman is I feel like we as a group of voters just find ways to tear down the repeat winners or the, the potential repeat winners. Because Caleb Williams, there's a very good chance he will be the best player in college football this year. But – We've seen how hard it is to repeat as a Heisman winner. I feel like if anybody can, it's him because he's just very special. You saw it the other night when he drops the snap and then, and then his instincts are incredible. And I'm a little worried their defense hasn't got much better and he's going to have to be Superman True. down the stretch because <laughs> they're playing a very tough schedule at the, in the back half of the season. So that one there, Georgia, I feel like even though that nobody's three-peated since 1936, Georgia has a better roster than everybody. And you can say what you want about them not playing a tough schedule. They were supposed to play Oklahoma. The SEC's like, nah, we can't have the return game be a conference game and this be non-conference. So they're not playing Oklahoma this year. But they're still just better on both lines of scrimmage than everybody else. And if there's any universal truth in football, the team with the better big people wins. And Georgia has much better big people. We're talking to Andy Staples, covers college football for On3 Sports. But why don't other schools replicate what Alabama and Georgia do? LSU's got money. Tennessee's got money. I mean, you can look at it. USC's got money. But yep. why, why is Georgia now become the new Alabama? Because there are so few good big people. That, that That's the scarcest resource in college football is ready-made defensive linemen, ready-made offensive linemen. They were all going to Alabama and Ohio State and Clemson before. Georgia started, when as soon as Kirby Smart got to Georgia, he started shearing some of those off of each of those schools. And you go to you go to the class of 2020, there's, there's a group of four players that considered Georgia and Alabama, had Georgia and Alabama in their finalists. Uh, one of them is Georgia's current starting center. One of them is Darnell Washington, who, who was a, a tight end that, the, that is in the NFL now. Jalen Carter is another one. He's with the Eagles now. If you put those players on Alabama's roster last year, Alabama wins the national title in the same way Georgia does. But that's what Kirby Smart has done is managed to find guys and beat Alabama for those guys. LSU, Tennessee, they have not been able to beat Alabama for those guys. Like Nick Saban still had the number one recruiting class in the country in the class of 2023. So, But but how are they beating them, Andy? Like, How are they beating them on the field? No. That, oh, okay. You're getting them. How are you? What are you giving them? What's your enticement? Is it? Is it? Is it just money? Well, it's not just that. It, you can you can say you know everybody did the duffel bag, but it doesn't matter anymore. 
What they can offer, and Ohio State can offer this too, and Clemson's been able to offer this of late, is we make better draft picks than everybody else. Okay. Look at how many first-round draft picks Georgia's produced. And the thing is, you can actually get somebody at a discount in the NIL world when you can say, you might come out of here as a first-round draft pick, and here's five guys who just did. Okay. Uh, is there going to be a breakout team? Who's going to be TCU this year? That's a great question. You know, I've, I've said Penn State, and now Penn State and TCU, Penn State this year, TCU last year are different animals because Penn State has a bunch of elite NFL talent. Olu Fashnu is probably the first offensive tackle off the board. Uh, Abdul Carter and Chop Robinson are, are very high round NFL draft picks, uh, one this year and one next year. So, it's a little bit different, but it feels like they have not been in that mix. So I'm going to put them in there. As far as a TCU, that's that's so hard to predict because that TCU team was so charmed. Eight one-score games. You know, that Baylor game where they ran the, the field goal team on. And it, it there's so many times where it shouldn't have happened for them and then it did. So that's the one. That, now, I will I will give you one out of the Big 12 that I think is very interesting, and that's Kansas State. They, they won the league last year. Bringing back a lot. Four starting offensive linemen are back. Cooper Beebe is the best interior offensive lineman in the country, probably. Again, the teams with the best big people. And that's so if, if they were to come out of the Big 12, they could be pretty interesting. Great to talk to you again, Andy. We'll catch up during the season. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Andy Staples covers college football for On Three Sports. I'll go back a couple of years when uh, I had a coach who said, uh, you keep talking about uh, going after uh, offensive, defensive linemen like NIL. They're going to get paid. And I go, they are. That's how you win. Offensive, defensive line, that's where I would build. I mean, you can get your five-star quarterback, but if you give me a great defensive line and a great offensive line and I'm paying for them, oh, I'm going to be a factor. Yeah, Marv. You could do it like Alabama. Let me build a okay quarterback with a bunch of first-round-level yeah. draft picks, offensive and defensive Absolutely. line. Absolutely. That's what, you know, Fisher's trying to do at Texas A&M when he brought in all those defensive linemen. And I reached out to a source. I said, uh, how's he getting them? He goes, defensive linemen are costing a lot more than they used to. I go, okay, sounds good. Uh, a couple of phone calls here. Uh, Alyssa in Nashville joins us on the program. Alyssa, good morning. What's on your mind today? Good morning. Hi, Dan. Hi, Alyssa. I'm so excited. Well, um. So my question is about the theme song. Um, my boyfriend watches your show every morning, so I've been watching it, and I've been and I love it, and I want to know the backstory of how you chose it. How did we come up with our TV theme song? Seton, did you have a hand in this? The TV theme song? No, I think we, um, years ago, the DirecTV TV crew... I don't even remember how we got onto the idea of doing like a uh, what the heck was that family uh, like Full House a Full House uh, like remake kind of thing. It was supposed to be like a cheesy Full House takeoff, oh, okay. and that's basically what we came up with. But I'm pretty sure the the L.A. crew uh, for Directv put that one together. Okay, and did a great job. By the way, music planned for tomorrow: fight songs for colleges. Marv. Well, not fight songs, but song traditions, a la Jump Around for Wisconsin. Oh, oh that's cool. I thought it was fight songs. Okay. I don't know enough of uh, 
I've witnessed jump around yeah. at Wisconsin. So I think uh, Michigan does Mr. Brightside, and there's a couple of other uh, like shipping up to Boston for Notre Dame. Oh, and you're gonna have yeah, you're gonna have to help me with that. Yeah. I'm not I'm not familiar with too many of those those songs. I thought we were talking about fight songs. Okay, yeah, Paulie. It's like Virginia Tech uses Enter Sandman. And that's pretty tied to them. They've been doing it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Great lead-in for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, West Virginia has Country Roads. Mm-hmm. So there's a bunch. Yeah, Wisconsin has Jump Around. Michigan has Mr. Brightside, which I know you love that song. I do. The Killers. I, that's one of my favorite songs mm-hmm. that I love to sing when I'm acting like Lou Holtz. Yes, Marvin. That and Skater Boy. See you later, boy. <laughs> that's See You Later, boy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I get a song and I don't let go. People say I'm the life of the party. <laughs> there's there's about three or four songs that uh, I still hold on. Uh, keep it down, down. Voices carry. You know, I'll do that. Till two till, till Tuesday. Yeah, till Tuesday. Uh, Zach in Minnesota. Hey, Zach, what's on your mind today? Uh, hey, Dan, how we doing? This Great, morning? Zach. My call. Yeah. Say, uh, you, you kind of touched on it the past few weeks, just about how gambling is impacting major sports in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for me, it's you know, it's an opportunity for you know folks to make money. You know, if you place the life bet, it's a life-altering you know sort of sum of money. And so, for me, my question is, is how we've you know we've allowed the NIL to kind of become what it's you know been kept in the shadows, and we've been transparent and honest with it. So, for me, why not allow the players or give them the opportunity? to bet on themselves. Now, bear with me. Um, let's let the XFL be the XFL, where you can have uh, team-level bets, you know, total points, total yards over under. Allow the teams to buy into a certain pool if the player so chooses, and then you can bet on those. Uh, allow there to be live stats of the over-under, of the odds throughout the game, so the players and fans alike can see it there could be an opportunity there to have the XFL having its own sports book or having its own on-site sports books to have a true live and more interactive thing. If gambling is going to be legalized and ESPN is going to cash in on this, mm-hmm. why not have these leagues start cashing in on this at their own level? You could have a team-level bet. You can have a position-level bet. Imagine when the Legion of Boom was around. If you could place, there's not a chance you're getting a, a completion over 20 yards against us. Or the purple people leaders, you know. There's no way if you're in the red zone, you're going to rush for more than 10 yards against us. We can really start to extrapolate and build these sorts of, you know, more competitive. I mean, don't get me wrong. Football's already quite a competitive cutthroat sport. But if on the betting side of things, imagine if you're, you know, players would still receive their own salary. But on top of that, you know, imagine uh, primetime. Imagine Neon Dion back in the day. Um. Okay, I, I'd like that you did a deep dive on it. The NFL will not embrace that. Uh, you have to worry about, will somebody throw a game? Um, if, if it's all above board and somebody says, hey, you know what, I'm going to pay you X number of dollars, uh, $100,000 throw this game. Um, and they can still do that now. But I'm just saying, it, it feels like the more it's out in the open, the more people will take some liberties with this. And that's what would concern me the most. And if you'd wanted to have a standalone league, but see the USFL, they, they're in conjunction with the NFL. They want, to be, they want to be a minor league system for them, a feeder league. Now, unless you said to the NFL, hey, we were going to try this, what do you think? And then it allows the NFL to look at, you know, do we adopt some of these things? You know, technology, 
they can put that in the USFL and say, oh, you guys tried that camera or you tried the microphones, you tried those helmets. They might adopt those things. Keep in mind when the NFL, the NFL was boring and the NFL looked at the AFL and they started to adopt the AFL. They brought in AFL teams. They wanted the excitement. The NBA, same thing. NBA was kind of boring. They looked at the ABA, three-point shot. They didn't bring in the red, white, and blue ball, but they brought in some of those stars. This is what happens. Leagues will sample. And if you could do something where you go, here's a blueprint for what you're allowed to do in the USFL, gambling-wise, and then maybe the NFL monitors that. Yes, Todd? But if players can bet on certain stats, like to use his Legion of Boom example, that you're not going to score, get more than 20 yards at rush, and then your teammate, these guys are spending all kinds of money betting, and your teammate happens to screw up and let someone, you know, get around the corner on you and get a 20-yard run, and now people are losing money because one of your teammates didn't hold up their end of the bargain. I think that can fray relationships among teammates. Well, you're seeing this in golf. It happened last weekend where somebody yelled out at Max Homa. People are gambling on something. They're gambling, and they can affect the outcome. But to, you know, what lengths will you go to to win a bet? Here's somebody, when Max Homa's getting ready to putt, and it's like, miss it! And, you know, John Rahm talked about this as well. Uh, tennis. Tennis has been rife with, uh, you know, sports gambling allegations where you're just saying to somebody, hey, just tank a match. Nobody's going to know. Who cares? But, you know, they eventually find these things out. Takes a little while, but I don't know if you could see the NFL doing something like this. But I think everything's on the table. At least it should be. That's that's the way I would approach it. Like, remember when Roger Goodell said, "Oh, there's no way we'll ever, you know, be in business with gambling," and that was seven years ago. That's not that long ago, Kamish. LOL. Yeah. And if he came on, I would ask him, "What changed? What changed that you decided? Was it you realized the slice of financial pie you were going to get? The cut? Yeah, Kamish." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, smart. <laughs> so guess who's not coming on anytime soon? The commissioner soon. is not coming on our show. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you have a Miller Lite in hand, grilling doesn't just taste great. It tastes like Miller time. This past weekend for Mother's Day, I'm treating my wife while grilling. I'm treating myself with a Miller Lite. Miller Lite, it just tastes right. Whether it's barbecue season or just celebrating a regular day with burgers and dogs, with a Miller Lite in hand, grilling doesn't just taste great. It, it tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com Patrick. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells great beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. 
Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.